Baltimore. 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 to expose our ugly but i'm here to expose our beauty i got us Welcome to Unpacking the Box Podcast, Season 5, Baltimore Love. This is Linnea, your host, and thank you so much for tuning in. Guys, you are in store for something so great. I am repping my city where I was born and raised. Let's go. Tonight, I'm here with Jason Wu, who is the 35th student member of the Maryland State Board of Education, appointed by the governor of Maryland. Hello, Jason. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, Ms. Collins. Yes, of course. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm looking forward uh, to talking here. This is my first ever podcast. (laughs) Oh, wow. Really? Okay. I love it. Yep. Well, I feel honored that you chose to come to my podcast. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So before we get into the grit of things, where are you from? For those who don't know. I'm from Germantown, Maryland, born and raised here my whole life. Um, I live, uh, I go to Poolsville High School, um, live, you know, just around 45 minutes outside of D.C. Um, but yeah, that, that's where I am. I'm located here. And, and you know, just. Just chilling here, high school senior right now. Senior, yes, yes. So, so how has that been? You know, being a senior during like the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it's been crazy. You know, crazy times. Um, this year, or actually this week, I just started um, my cross country season. So, just our first in person practice of the year, um, and we're looking at, or I'm opting in to school um, later this April. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's, you know, it's been somewhat uh, a little, a little sad that, you know, I haven't had, you know, homecoming and probably not prom, but just making the best of the situation right now. Yes. All right. So, you know, I came across your page and I want to say that you are a mutual friend of um, LaQuisha Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I think she was following you or posted you or something, but her page is called Mrs. Hall Scholars. Um, and so I was like, I looked at your story and I read about you. I was like, oh, he sounds very interesting. <laughs> Let me hit him up and see if he wants to come on the show. 
So yeah. So tell right. us like about the work that you do and what led you to the point where you are now a student member on the Maryland board, Maryland State Board of Education. Like what tell me what mm. led you to this? For sure, for sure. I I, this year, so this year I serve as the um, 35th student member on the State Board of Education. Um, and so I've always been, you know, involved in student advocacy and, and student government. I started, you know, advocating and, and fighting for cell phone rights at my middle school when I was in sixth grade. It was a hot topic at that time. You know, we, we wanted to, to use our cell phones for entertainment, for, you know, just uh, educational purpose as well. And, and that's where it was my segue where I got to see, you know, how decisions were being made in my middle school. And so I, I had gathered and, and, you know, joined the SGA at that time and fought for student, our cell phone, phone rights during lunch. Um, but then I started, you know, getting involved in the state level and the, the county level student government associations here in Montgomery County. We have the uh, the Montgomery County Regional Student Government Association. And so, you know, I, I joined there where I got involved in, um, you know, advocating for uh, renovation at Pozo High School. It was, it was really well needed at that time. At, at this point, I was um, a, a freshman in high school. Then I started attending, you know, a few other um, SGA and, and student government type events where I attend the, the MASC, which is the Maryland Association of Student Councils uh, legislative session, where at that time they were voting for, I believe it was the 32nd SMOB. And so as a high school uh, freshman, I got to vote for the SMOB at that time. And I learned more about the position, um, you know, learn more about what the SMOB could do and, and what the state board was up to at that time. And, um, I, I started talking to students, traveling around the state, just you know, within my my positions on SGA, um, and, and I really noticed that there was a, a, an issue that I wanted to address, which was that of, of educational equity. Um, you know, I think I, I truly believe that every student here in Maryland deserves to have an opportunity and access to a high quality education system, but I saw that that wasn't necessarily being fulfilled a, across the state. Mm -hmm. um, and, and from there, there on, um, it was my junior year, and I decided. I said, "Hey, look, I, I'm gonna make change from the inside. You know, what better way than to to be a student member and represent the student voice, fighting for that vision of educational equity on the state board?" Um, and so I decided to to launch my statewide campaign, where you know I I I got a a, a platform of students involved and. I think what really resonated with students across the state was that vision of educational equity. I think it hit home for a lot of students who felt like they were marginalized, who felt like, you know, they saw their peers or or themselves not getting the same quality education as as others across the state that myself included, I was privileged to have. Um, and so this past uh, summer um, of, of 2020, I was appointed by the governor as a student member um, I took role on July 1, 2020. My term lasts until July 1, 2021. Um, since then, my, my priorities have shifted a little bit, you know, with the whole mm -hmm. pandemic and everything going on. Um, <laughs> but I think this year we, we've, been, we've been able to, to oversee the reopening of schools with that emphasis of equity, accountability, um, you know, promoting learning for all students as well. Um, 
another issue that I had heard from students just talking with, with my peers from around the state has been one of mental health and, and mental illness. I think it's it's been a growing issue that hasn't necessarily been addressed or been talked about a lot in recent years. You know, I, I believe the, the uh, American School Counseling Association uh, recommends the ratio of counselors to students be around 250 to, to one. Mm -hmm. and, and now we're seeing that ratio here in Montgomery County, it's, it's around 300, but in Baltimore City, that number rises to around 701, right? And, and so I think there's a lot of work to be done there to ensure that schools are providing for students and you know, saying, look, we, we, we don't know what's going on inside your, in, in your homes, inside your houses, but when you come to our schools, you can feel safe you can feel protected and you have staff there to support you along the way of your high school journey. Mm -hmm. That is very important. Mental health and mm -hmm. kids. Yeah. That's a good thing. First of all, to be like your age, doing all the things that you're doing, making the impact that you're making, like that's inspiring. And that's amazing. Thank you. It's important. Yeah. I think it's, it's a, a really important work and, you know, we, there are 20, um, or, or so uh, county level SMOBs. It's, it's the fun acronym for student member on the board. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I'm the state SMOB, but there are also local and, and county SMOBs around the state. Um, I, I've talked to the Baltimore City SMOB, I believe. Um, they call it the, the student commissioner um, mm -hmm. there. But yeah, you know, Kyrie ha has been, you know, working along too to get students involved. Um, it it's an important role. And I think a lot of times we have to, to you know, make decisions with the student at the forefront. And, and what better way to get that perspective at a board as a board member than actually going to schools yourself and having that firsthand experience as a student. And that's the best part about it, because you are, you know, because you're there, you know, you're right there with them. And so you can speak for them best. So I love that. I right, love that. Right, right. So why is it um, so imperative uh, to you that you amplify the youth and also, you know, and also to um, to be inclusive? Because I think that's important too, to, you know, include everyone and to fight for everyone. Yeah, I mean, that that's a great point. You know, I think sometimes when we turn on the TV, we look at the news, it, it, it seems like we're, we're becoming a growingly divisive world. But when I talk to students and I really sit back and just talk about life, talk about their experience in the schools, I, I realize that we are much more alike than we are dissimilar. You know, um, I, I firmly believe that when it comes to educational policy, when it comes to making decisions, decisions that impact over 800,000 students here in Maryland, that numbers will never tell the full story. I think that, you know, we can never underestimate the power of student voice and student testimonies actually getting and hearing from students who are being impacted by decisions. And so that's what, what, why I think getting the student involved, students involved across the state um, has been one of my biggest priorities. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times students, especially when it comes to state board, you know, they'll think it's so far up there. There's no way I can, or there's no way that they're going to listen to me which is, you know, just completely untrue. What, what I've found to be true is that adults and, and those who are making decisions want to listen for mm -hmm. the most part. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that it, it really just takes one student getting their friends, getting a group involved, making their voice heard. 
I, either through testimony, through letters, or now more than ever, you know, just logging onto a Zoom call and, and talking um, is one of the most powerful things a student can do. Um, that's sort of has has stemmed from um, you know my experiences, and and I think it it, it would reflect in a lot of other students as well. Um, but it, but it it really comes down to, to just the fact of taking that initiative. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to empower peers and empower students who might not be the ones who are the loudest or the ones who have been involved in SGA or in, in policy for the longest times to get involved and take that first step in speaking up about their issues and making sure that, you know, number one, those who are making decisions are aware about it and, and will address it and do something about it on, at the board table. Yes, I love it. You know, and plus, like, I have three kids. One is actually your age. He's a senior, too. And wow. <laughs> I feel like, yes, and I feel like you're creating a domino effect, too, because, you know, your peers see what you're doing. And it's like, okay, right. well, I can do that, too. Like, because if you want change, you know, we have to do it. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. So what are some goals you are looking to accomplish, you know, as it pertains to educational reform? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The first thing that comes to mind um, this year, and I'm sure you heard as well, uh, the Blueprint for Maryland's Future, um, the Senate, both chambers, Senate and, and um, the House over overrid the veto, um, mm -hmm. which was a, a big win for, for all students. You know, investing $4 billion into education but also making sure the funding is going where it needs to go in an equitable manner is, you know, beyond important. And I think now we're in the stage that, you know, since it's passed and in the years following, it's up to um, us to make sure that there's a sense of accountability and, and making sure that, you know, we got this far. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with Strong Schools Maryland in the past as a team leader um, back when, when I was a sophomore, junior year. Um, you know, fighting for for the passing um, of the blueprint for Maryland's future, um, but now it, it's it's up to us to to continue to make sure that students aren't that the student voice isn't being lost in, in a lot of the things that are going on, um, and that you know we continue to place an ec a priority on equity, uh, making sure that you know the great equalizer, which is education, that 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 vision is being fulfilled for every student, that no matter where you come from or what you look like, that you get to receive that same high quality and world-class education system, um, uh, you know, since, yeah, since your K through 12 career. Um, and so um, for me, I, what I see is, you know, beyond just my role on the state board, um, it, it also comes down to, you know, having a platform where I can speak about issues and empower other students to either speak up or, or take charge in their own ways. Um, for me, at least, I think I found that uh, in this world, in this day and age, social mm -hmm. media is <laughs> the most powerful tool right. when it comes to communication. <laughs> um, and so, I, I do my best to to make sure I, I'm I stay constantly posting about the ongoings of the state board. Um, you know, providing opportunities for students to learn about things and and either sign up for public testimony or uh, just to learn about, um, you know, what's going on at the state board. As far as, you know, when I, when I first started my campaign and launched, um, you know, my, my 
policy, my platform, or what I wanted to accomplish by the end of my term. Um, one of them was creating a somewhat of a, a student coalition group. Um, this year, it's called the SMOB Student Council. And so it's over 50 students who um, come together every month. Sometimes we have guest speakers. We had Strong Schools Maryland the other day. But uh, we come together and we talk about um, educational issues. And we have over 10 counties and Baltimore City uh, represented in this group. Um, and it's my way to just kind of to, you know, gauge what students are talking about, what's on the minds of students these days and, and these such unprecedented times, you know, um, mm -hmm. but also for them to, to, you know, talk to me about what they would like to see the student member on the board representing them and, and their issues um, talk about and, and present to, to my adult colleagues on the board that I work alongside with. You know, I have um, 13 absolutely amazing colleagues that I can call my fellow board members that I work with this year. Um, and so we've done a lot of work prioritized and centered around, you know, COVID-19 in this virtual setting and also looking at the future and how we can come back stronger out of this pandemic than we did before. Mm -hmm. And how and so how do you feel about like schools reopening now? Are you like excited? Mm -hmm. Are you happy? Well, I, I think, you know, that that's been something that's been talked about. I mean, like for now over a year, I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's, we're reaching here, at least in my school, reaching the one year anniversary in two weeks since school's closed. Yeah. But it really comes down to putting safety as a number one priority. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we know that school, that students, um, that, that students have to get back to school, that, you know, we're, we're having a lot of loss of learning. Um, I read an article the other day, um, a header that said, 60 or over half of MCPS sixth graders uh, were not reading at grade level. And mm -hmm. that to me is just one of the many ways in which the pandemic has impacted students and our youth and our gener our younger generation who, you know, should be learning in a time where, you know, their brains are developing. Um, you know, it, it's such an important and, and crucial stage in, in our lives. Um, but I think, again, you know, we, we have to put safety as the number one priority. Mm -hmm. but, but at the same time, there, there is a point where, you know, with that in mind, you know, we're getting back to school. We're, we're getting students, um, you know, in, in a safe environment where they can learn comfortably, but also get the support system that they need and that one-on-one -on -one and, and in-person support, um, given that, that all the safety and all the CDC guidelines are being met. Yes, I think that's a, a lot of us as parents um, are, you know, worried about safety. Because I know for me, like I have mixed feelings. I'm like, yeah, on one hand, okay, yeah, I'm ready for the kids to go back to school, like for sure. But then it's like, on the other hand, I'm like, okay, but is it, how safe is it going to be? Right. You know, it's like, is it going to be like how, that's where I'm kind of hesitant with it. Um, so yeah, I because I actually am one of those parents, we actually signed up for our kids to continue virtual. And then, you know, eventually when everything goes back to, I guess, whatever normal is going to be after this, you know, then I'll be more comfortable when everything is, when I know for sure, you know, that they'll be safe. So I, I understand that completely. But, you know, I have noticed too, like a lot of parents have been saying about how, you know, their kids are not, you know, learning as like they were before, like they would be in, you know, like a classroom setting. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of deficits going on. So I understand what you're saying completely. Absolutely. And I think one thing that I've thought about a lot is the fact that this virtual setting has impacted families in, in different ways. You know, what might work for one family uh, might not work for another, especially mm-hmm. in a sense of, you know, a lot of parents who, you know, are, are working hard to support their families, working hard to support their children who might not have that time to, you know, take care after their children who are home or might not have, you know, that Wi-Fi, that technology support for students. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's it's definitely up to the school system to support families and make sure that there is that equitable lens in, in making decisions, um, which I'm proud to say that the board did take a, a vote on this year to oversee the, the school reopenings with that as a, as a priority. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So when you are not, you know, out busy saving the youth in the world, you know, you put your cape off, you take it off. Like, what do you, what do you like to do for fun? Well, <laughs> number one, I'm a big runner. Um, I, I love cross country. Um, like I said before this year, you know, running cross country. Um, I, I love ending off my days just going for a run in the night although these days you know it's been a little icy outside a little chilly mm-hmm. um but i also like to you know take take time and spend time with my family with my friends um i i've been going hiking a lot recently too spending time outdoors i'm um, going to to sugarloaf mm-hmm. uh, taking a trip down um to black hill um, near my house. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I definitely recommend it if you ever come over to the Germantown area. Um, okay, I have not heard of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's like a, a local park, but you know, it got a beautiful view. <laughs> and, okay. And if you're an, an any somewhat or any kind of an outdoors person person like I am, I, I would definitely definitely recommend going there. Um, but yeah, I I, I think we've all been experiencing that zoom fatigue yeah so I just, whatever chance i get to to spend time outdoors and in the air and outside i'll i'll take it immediately you know okay i'm gonna say i'm a little outdoorsy but not like <laughs> a lot of outdoorsy just a little bit <laughs> yeah a, a fair amount a fair amount yeah just a, a fair amount <laughs> yeah. yeah all right what do you love about maryland oh wow that, that's a great question Honestly, Maryland is the most underrated state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think, uh, first of all, I think it's it's just a gorgeous state. You know, everything from like Sugarloaf, Chesapeake Bay, you know, proximity to DC. Um, it's just it's just beautiful here. And like mm-hmm. what I when I think about and like I said before, I'm a big outdoors person. When I think about my drive to Poolsville High School. And, you know, Poolsville is somewhat of a more rural area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so here in Germantown, I'll, I'll be like driving by, you know, buses and, and you know, it's like somewhat of a bustling uh, ur- urban, or excuse me, rural area. Um, and you get that like kind of town, kind of like small city type of vibe. But then like I'm driving to Poolsville and as soon as I hit like that, <laughs> that barrier, it's like mm-hmm. country roads, like just masses of like farmland you know and and I think it's just like a a great mix of just beautiful scenery but also like a community of diverse people um lovely lovely people um and and just 
has that diversity that you're not going to get in a lot of places. And I think that's one thing that the number one thing that stands out um, about Maryland to me. Mm-hmm. About- yes. <laughs> Do you mind if I ask what's, what's your favorite thing about Maryland? I'm going to say two things. I love the people and I love the food. I feel like we got the best food mm-hmm. and the best people. Yep. I'd agree. I, I second that. Yes. I just feel like the people, the, 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 the personalities are just so different. Like we're just our own, you know, entity, entity, you know, we're our own category. And then the food is just so, I've been telling people about the food all the time. Like, I don't even know, like, if you have not eaten in Maryland, like, you don't know what, you don't know what you're missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing. So that's what I would say. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So now I love to, this is what I love to do with every guest. I do a segment. It's called Unpack Your Box. And basically, that's where you get a minute to say whatever compels you, whatever you feel like you want to release. It doesn't matter what it is. Okay. Well, since we're on the topic of SMOB and, you know, my position on the board, um, I I do want to kind of talk about that because I was initially, you know, very, very apprehensive about running. It was, you know, a big five or six month process of starting my campaign to giving a speech in front of a 500 student audience. And so when I was a junior, I was somewhat hesitant about, you know, actually starting my campaign and and running for the position. Um, And there was a lot of doubt that came up into my mind. But one thing that I realized throughout, you know, my 18 years alive is that sometimes you just have to take that jump. You have to take that leap of faith. Um, and, and take that risk where you say, you know, it, it's whatever, you know, what happens is what happens. Let, let me, let me run for this campaign. And that's what I did. And, and, you know, a, a year later, um, I had the opportunity. I'm, I'm beyond blessed and grateful for the opportunity to serve on the board and represent, you know, 800, over 800,000 students. Um, but that never would have happened if I didn't get the courage and, and, and just that mindset of, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna take that, that leap of faith. So that's what I would tell to, to young people like myself, to my peers, or just everyone in general is to, you know, take that jump and, and don't be scared of taking risks because, you know, you'll be grateful for doing that. It's always better to look back and think, wow, I, I really did that, whether or not the consequences are what you thought it would be, than to look back and, and be like, you know what, what would have happened if I, if I did that? What would have happened if I, if I ran for small, you know? So I, I would just say, you know, taking risks, facing the, the fear of, of uncertainty has been a, now a guiding principle in my life that I always try to make sure I'm, you know, not limited by that doubt, by that fear. And um, that, that's what I would hope to encourage and, and the, the words that I would leave with those who are listening right now. I love that. I love everything about that. Yes. Well, thank you, Jason. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me. I appreciate you you. so much. It was truly a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here today. Of course, you are so welcome. And I hope that people are inspired. Well, I know people will be inspired by this episode. I'm so happy. And before you leave, though, tell the people where they can keep up with you if they want to know what you have going on, like your IG handles, whatever you have, websites, all that good stuff. It's it's Jason T. Wu on all social media platforms. 
<laughs> okay, well, that's easy. Okay. Yeah, Y'all get into be, it. <laughs> I'll definitely be tuning in to, to these podcasts, listening in. I think you have it on Spotify as well, you know. Yes, I'm on all <laughs> platforms. You can get to me wherever, Apple, Spotify, Google, all that good stuff. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me here today. I, I'm really, really appreciative of you. Of course. Of course. Thank you so much. You know, I, I'm just, I was just looking for like, you know, people, interesting people. And I came across you. I'm, I'm glad we crossed paths. This is amazing. I will definitely keep up with what the things that you're doing. I'm so proud of everything that you are accomplishing and everything that you're going to accomplish because I already know you're going to do bigger things because that's your purpose. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Hold up. Before you leave, subscribe to your girl's podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And also keep up with me on Instagram at unpacking underscore the underscore box underscore podcast. You can also keep up with your girl on Clubhouse. I host rooms. I pop in and out of rooms, you know, connect with your girl. My name on there is Queen Wolf. And that's with two F's like Frank. And you can also email me if you want to collab, you want to work with me, you have a business opportunity, like let's work. If you know me, you know, I'm about getting that work done, collabing, you know, let's uplift each other. Let's support each other. You can email me directly at unpacking the box podcast at gmail.com. And if you need help with uh, your uh, creative side, you know where to reach me at Queen Wolf LLC. My website is Queen Wolf. That's two F's uh, like Frank dot com. You know, but um, if you follow me on Instagram, you can hit the link in my bio. It will take you every where that I am. All right, y'all. Be well.